You're listening to the Phillies Nation podcast with Ty Daubert and Johnny Heller on philliesnation.com. What's going on, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Phillies Nation podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Heller, here on a pretty eventful day. Um, We're recording on Wednesday night, so the non-tender deadline was at 8 o'clock. We're a couple hours past that, Um, so we have some of that to talk about with the Phillies and um, also some trade rumors that we'll get into. So, um, yeah, things are finally starting to happen. Uh, It's been kind of a slow start to the offseason, but it looks like things will quicken up. Over the next couple of weeks, as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ty Daubert. Ty, how you doing? I'm doing well. Like you said, feels like the off-season. Things are happening. And that's when, it's when we're at our best, I, I like to think. So I'm excited to get into it. First moves of the off-season for the Phillies have finally started to happen. So it'll be, it'll be fun to get into. Yeah, definitely. And it, it's weird because... Like, I mean, the Braves feel like they're done. Um, maybe, I mean, maybe not done, but they've, they've added two starting pitchers already. And the, the Mets just signed Trevor May, um, former Philly prospect as a reliever. So it's, it's kind of felt like, even though things have been generally slow, um, teams have been making moves and the Phillies hadn't been, um, but obviously it's not like they had a choice uh, today. Kind of, they kind of had to make these decisions. So we'll start with, with uh, the first thing. That came out yesterday, uh, last night. The Phillies settled with Sir Anthony Dominguez, um, a little over seven hundred thousand uh, dollars. It was it was below the I think MLB trade rumors had him at nine hundred thousand. Um, so it was below that. He was super two eligible, meaning he had more than two years of service and um, was one of the top players in 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 terms of service uh who had less than three years it's a kind of a a weird system but he was eligible um and you know it it seems like it should have been a no-brainer but um our own tim kelly kind of laid it out in that um the phillies are are looking to save money wherever they can this year and and he looked like a non-tender candidate because he's recovering from tommy john surgery and um you know, he's probably not going to pitch in 2021. Maybe he does towards the end of the season. But um, it was definitely a good move by the Phillies because <laughs> Sir Anthony Dominguez was really good. And, and you're paying for, um, you know, the, you have him in 2022 and 2023, right? So um, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, not not keeping him around would have felt pretty short-sighted in my, in my opinion. I, I think it's the right investment to keep him around. And then that way you are actively involved in his recovery process and you'll have him under contract for the next season when he should be back pitching full time. Yeah, exactly. And, and worst case is, you know, he's never the same guy, whatever it's, it's less than a million dollars. And um, what he showed in 2018 was that he could be a dominant, dominant reliever. So you know, it's a shame that, um, you know, there was this time between the original injury and when he finally got Tommy John, although I think we agree if you can try to not get Tommy John, then it's worth it. But obviously in his, his case, it ended up being um, just kind of lengthening the time that he would be out for. So um, again, it, it was a smart move by the Phillies to, to bring him back. So another, probably the other biggest non-tender candidate for the Phillies was 
Vince Velasquez. Um, we texted about it earlier today, and I said I was leaning towards that they would keep him. You said you were leaning towards that they wouldn't, but we were both, I think, pretty on the fence about it. Um, and they ended up keeping him, I think, uh, just judging by the way the start, starting pitching market has gone these past couple of days or couple of weeks, I should say. Um, it makes sense that they kept him based on their self-imposed budget that they're, they're going for this year. Um, they're, they're not going to be able to get anyone better than Vince Velasquez for $4 million. Yeah, which is- starting, starting pitching does not generally come cheap. And even with, even with, uh, you know, the expected kind of smaller contracts that players might get this off season, because, uh, you know, it looks like a lot of teams are trying to save money and won't be spending as much this off season. It, it does look like it'll be that way, but Drew, Drew Smiley, who had um, like, six really impressive starts or something like that with the giants. He just got 11 million, I believe. So like, yeah, Uh, starting pitchers get good money and the Phillies need the starting depth. I've written about it. I've said it on here before Phillies need starting depth and you're not going to find anybody much better for less money than the around $4 million that Vince Velasquez is going to We have to keep in mind like, Rick Porcello got ten million million dollars last year. Like Porcello was well, probably that's a, that's a winner. Well, yeah, he's a winner, obviously. Um, but he, I mean, Velasquez was probably at least as effective as him last year. Now neither were particularly effective. Um, I mean, I don't know if we want to get too far into Velasquez as a pitcher. Uh, the one bright spot he had the highest strikeout rate of his career in twenty twenty. Um, maybe the new Phillies pitching coach, Caleb Stotham can kind of tap into Velasquez's stuff a little bit more. Who knows? doesn't matter. Even if Velasquez doesn't get better, like he's fine as a swing man, number five starter, like not a lot of teams have good number five starters, right? Like a dude who pitches to a four, a high four ERA. That's what you expect out of that spot. And four there, million yeah, for that. There's, there's value in just going out there and throwing like, four to five innings yeah even if it's not extremely effective there is value in that because back end the back end of the rotation for many teams in baseball is not that good yeah and and Velasquez too uh just another point from 2020 he had a really really like horrible start to the season and he kind of he he had a few nice starts later in the year um you know his final numbers didn't look that good anyways but uh, I, I mean, point, point being, you know, he still has shown some uh, ability there. He's experienced. He's been here for five seasons. He's, I want to say, the third longest tenured current Philly. I think it's Naris and Nola and then Velasquez. Um, that sounds about right. But, yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it made sense. Now, here's the thing I think we should – Consider, though, do the Phillies still sign another starter? What, what do you think? I think so. I, I would think so. Yeah. I, not anyone, not a huge name, but I think even if it's just like a bounce back starter, 
something like that to compete for a fifth starter spot. Right. I, I think I, it's somebody. I agree. I think like the biggest X factor here is Spencer Howard, and um, he only pitched he pitched less than thirty innings in in twenty twenty, and has never pitched more than one hundred twelve innings in a professional career. Um, so he's almost definitely going to have an innings limit. And I think really we don't know how many games the season's going to be, but like pitchers didn't pitch that much this year. Right. And stretching out to 162 games, that's a lot. So you're going to need that insurance, that depth, no matter what, even without, without Howard, you need guys there who can take over if there are injuries, which they're probably going to be. And, um, you know, even if it's someone cheap, you need that depth and the Phillies don't really have that. They don't have much of that. Um, so, so just something to, to keep an eye on this offseason, I think, um, moving forward uh, a couple other guys who were kind of uh no brainers andrew knapp was tendered a contract he was i mean not really much to say on him yeah they settled they settled outside of arbitration right. for 1.1 right. 1. 1 million yeah and he was really good in 2020 he's a solid backup catcher yeah it is what it is and and he was um, he was really good last year big 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 uh big guy in the clubhouse too i think people like him Phillies pitchers always, always find a way to give him credit. Like there were a couple of times listening to press conferences last year where like they, the question wasn't even asked in relation to, to Nap. And, and um, I think it was one of the times I can remember was like Zach Eflin, like threw his name in there. Um, just a, a guy who glue guy. Who, yeah. Glue guy, you know, and you need those. You definitely need those. Um, who else? Uh, Zach Eflin also settled. Um, what was it? 4.4? 4.5, I think. 4.5 million. Um, it'll Hale. be interesting. To, was that? Hale was another. Hale, yeah, Hale, 850,000, I think. Um, I saw some people on, on Twitter unhappy about the, the Hale thing. Listen, he has a career ERA of like 4.2. So, I mean, if you're watching the Phillies bullpen in 2020, right? I mean, it seemed like there was, I mean, like to get a guy who, you know, at least half the time, he's not going to give up a run. Like, come on. The Phillies bullpen would take that. Phillies, in a heartbeat. Phillies would have been better off last season with Hale pitching a lot more out of the bullpen. Once right. They, well, they would have, they would have been better if they had nine David Hales in the bullpen. So like, let's not, let's not get, listen, I, I know. Um, there's an argument of, of the Phillies need to spend money and, and they might not. And that's like a whole different discussion. That doesn't mean like giving $850,000 to a guy like David Hale is a bad move. It doesn't mean that keeping Vince Velasquez is a bad move. Um, those moves can be smart as long as they, you know, come along with uh, making good, good and bigger signings on free in free agency, which we don't know they'll, that they'll do, but that doesn't make these moves bad. Um the Phillies will be heading into arbitration, or at least they haven't um, settled with Reese Hoskins. Um, Scott Boris guy, I think that'll be interesting to watch. This is his first year of arbitration. Um, and and as of now, they haven't settled with Velasquez. It's his last year of arbitration. Um, yeah. Do you have anything else to say about any of those guys? They agreed with Naris. I don't know if we said that. Oh, yeah. They did agree with Naris. Um, Five. $5 million. Something I, someone I, I think maybe last week, I, I don't know if I said it on the pod. I, I said it to you, Ty, that I thought um, he kind of was, was a non-tender candidate in my mind that 
someone who like if the Phillies were really going to cheap out, they could say, all right, we're not going to sign Naris. We're going to, you know, give a bunch of one and two million dollar contracts to other relievers on the market. But they they kept him, which was obviously the smart call. Um, so, yeah. Um, all right. So there were some rumors today, as I, I mentioned at the top of the podcast, um, first mentioned by John Heyman and then um, echoed by Robert Murray of Fansided. So the Phillies or, or, or name that has been coming up in talks a lot is Gene Segura, Phillies uh, infielder. Um, Robert Murray mentioned that the Blue Jays were the, the biggest team who um, or, or, or a team he, he knew, knew were engaged in those talks. Um, I was surprised, honestly, to see that they're shopping Segura because Right now, their infield is is Segura at shortstop and Kingry at second base, or maybe the other way around. Maybe they think Kingry's better at shortstop, but you know, one of those of those two variations. I don't think uh, Stott is Bryson Stott is ready yet. They don't really have anyone else um, there. So if they trade Gene Segura, what what does the infield look like? Like what? Well, they'd have to pick up like at least one or two rentals. Right. But the only way, yeah, the only way that makes sense is if they are definitely going to bring back Gregorius. Right. Which I don't think that means that necessarily, though. I agree. I They didn't extend a qualifying offer to Gregorius. And um, I don't, uh, like, like, you know, I don't think that saving money here de- definitely means they would spend it elsewhere. It might just be saving money for the sake of spending, of saving money. Um, quick note on Segura, his contract he's owed, I think $14.25 million to the next two seasons. And then he has a uh, $17 million club option in 2023. So he's locked in for this season and next season. That's not, that's not money that I don't think the Phillies should be dying to get rid of. Um, Gene Segura is a good player. He can he was play. Good, he was good this past he was, year. He was really good. And he was like a really, really good defender at second base. And like good I, at third. Yeah. He was, he was solid at third too. Right. He could, Pretty much play. I mean, I, I think shortstop is probably where they want him to play the least, but he can play any any of those three positions um, and won't really hurt you at, at any of them, I don't think. And um, he, he bounced back a little bit at the plate. He had a, a higher OBP than than 2019, um, all around better player. Um, so it doesn't it doesn't make sense unless, like you said, unless they're they're planning to just scoop up Gregorius, which I don't like. I don't know if that's the plan. I don't know how they get better. And even then, you don't get that much better. The best configuration of the Phillies middle infield is Gene Segura at second base and Dede Gregorius at shortstop, um, which they could pretty yeah. easily pull off. And they, yeah, they could. I, I mean, they had both those players this past right. season, right? <laughs> yeah. That, that usually, as long as you're willing to pay uh, close, at least close to whatever other teams would be offering for Gregorius, if you're the team that had him and he's seen the have a good time in Philadelphia. I think that would make you one of the front runners. Um, something I just wanted to add about Segura's defense a little bit. Um, I, I think when people talk about his ability to play shortstop, they're kind of viewing it right now as like, yeah, he's good at second base, but he's a failed shortstop or whatever. So I think it's almost like a, there's a negative connotation to the fact that he is not able to play short. And they, if they don't bring a Gregorius back, like, um, having him stuck at shortstop would be a bad thing. And I mean, 
the fact that he's able to play two positions really well and then also be able to hang around at shortstop, even if it is like mediocre to below average, like that is that's really valuable. The ability to play all three positions like that. And you don't want him to be a regular shortstop, like you said, but um, what he showed on defense last year, like that was really impressive, I think. Yeah, uh, I agree. Um, you know, Ty, I think last season, it might have been inspired by watching Segura. I think you told me that um, all like elite third basemen are just failed shortstops, like Nolan Arenado. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Manny Machado, yes. <laughs> they're, yes. just, they're just failed short. Failed Michael Schmidt, you know, failed shortstop. So, um, yeah, you know. but Machado, Machado's whole thing for a while was that he wanted to play shortstop. And then he was bad. <laughs> Here's the thing. You're at third base and you're good at it because right. you weren't very good at shortstop. That's how it <laughs> and that's not a bad thing. That's no. all right. No, it's, it's fine. Yeah. Um, do you think the Phillies could get anything for Segura? Or do you think it'd be just a salary dump? Um, I don't know. I saw, I saw just someone, I don't remember who, um, not anyone would like, in the know but like floated that the idea of a, a swap for tanner roark what's the uh, point what do you gain there yeah especially if you're keeping velasquez like uh, he's not much uh, i i know that people have i think roark's been connected to the phillies before he is not much better than velasquez and and at that point you're losing uh losing one of your better regulars from last season like that doesn't that doesn't make you any better in 2021 Agreed. And I, I think something we need to just set in general, um, as, as fun as it is to think of trades and, and stuff, like the Phillies don't need to make any trades to become a really good, or at least a, a good team in 2021. All they have to do is sign good players because there are so many good players available and there are very few teams who are willing to spend a lot on these players so like you don't need to go out and trade you don't need to probably like there's probably like 12 players that got non-tendered today that they could sign and it would put them pretty close to the playoffs right exactly so so it's it's not a matter of you know i know like it they don't have we don't really know who's in charge or who's going to be in charge this offseason um and that's that's another discussion but again they don't have to get super creative um they just have to be willing to spend some money like um we've said it so many times but you 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 take last year's roster and you replace arietta with a better or even a, a you know a, a similar quality pitcher and then you shaping up the bullpen a little bit that team is making the playoffs or at least really contending to so um let's well, you know trade trade talks are fun but but it's not they're not necessary you know, especially in the context of this offseason. Um, I think, you, you know, you mentioned that there are some some guys who were uh, non-tender today. Are there any um, specific names you want you want to talk about you think the Phillies should target? Archie Bradley from the Reds um, was with the Diamondbacks for a long time. Um, yeah, he's he failed, failed starter, just like third baseman and with shortstops, you know, he was a failed starter and became a really good reliever. That's kind of the thing with most relievers. They are failed starters, but some of them make it work in the bullpen. Archie Bradley definitely did, and he was non-tendered today. And I think he could probably be signed for around what, like, Naris got, something around that. 
and I think he'd be a big addition to the bullpen. Yeah, I agree. I think um, I think he'd be you know a, a very good addition. Um, Eddie Rosario is a guy that I was I was thinking um, non tendered by the Twins. Maybe not really addressing a need. I think um, probably addresses more of a need if if there's a designated hitter, which it's, I mean, it's crazy. It's December and teams don't know. Um, Like a little tangent here, but Marcelo Zuna, like his entire, like what his, he's, his worth is this off season is fully dependent on if there's a designated hitter. So like he can't really sign right now because he might be losing out on money, you know? Um, So it's kind of crazy. I, I don't really get the hold up, but anyways, Rosario, um, he had doll doll could play right. center for the Phillies. Yeah. Yeah. David doll from the Rockies. Yeah. Um, Adam Duvall, I think is another DH esque guy. I mean, you know, dudes who hit bombs, you know, why not? Yeah. Dude? There's a lot of those that, yeah. that, um, you know, Schwarber's one that comes to mind that DH types that you yeah. don't know if there's going to be a DH. Right. Um, another another interesting name who got non-tendered. I guarantee he will not be on the Phillies next year, but Michael Franco got non-tendered by the Royals. He was like pretty solid, pretty good. Probably his um, one of his better years. Uh, led the, was leading the league in doubles for a while. I think trailed off at the end because Cesar Hernandez ended up leading the league in doubles. But, uh, you know, he'll, he'll probably be on his third team in three years. Do you, like, any thoughts on Michael Franco? Um, not particularly. Like you said, he probably is not back, I would guess. But, you know, a team looking for an eight-hole hitter, they should take a chance. One of the most elite eight-hole hitters in, you know, baseball history. It did. I, I know that it's easy to make jokes about that now, like, <laughs> oh, the, the best eight-hole hitter. But for, like – Two, three weeks in the beginning of the 2019 season, it did feel real. He was he was intentionally walked like six times in the span of three games at one point. I, I, it was it was kind of that, absurd. That home run, I think it was off the foul pole in that first day game yeah. of 2019. It was like, yeah. all right, yeah, you probably will win the World Series. It yeah. didn't really work out that way, but it felt like they had the best lineup in the yeah. league one through it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of former Phillies are are free agents again. So, um, Hernandez could be coming Hernandez. back. Guy you just mentioned. Yeah, Ty wrote a nice article about bringing back Hernandez. But, um, yeah, that'll do it for this episode of the Phillies Nation podcast. Um, next week, winter meetings. So uh, I think they start on the seventh, which would be Wednesday. So we'll probably record the first day. Have a lot to talk about. Um, yeah, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. You can listen to the Phillies Nation podcast with Ty Daubert and Johnny Heller every Wednesday on philliesnation.com and all streaming services.